Pastor Pete. My prayer is that this message you're about to hear will help you to understand and experience God's love and power, regardless of what you may be going through today. God bless you. And the Lord wants us to focus on facts for future challenges. We're going to be looking at Judges chapter 6. And I I want you to imagine that uh, there's a mountain behind you, mountains and valleys behind you, and it's called 2018. And the Lord gives you these. He says, I want you to look at 2019. And... and, uh, The Lord, he could very well say, uh, what do you see, you know, as you're looking, you know, with these, with these binoculars, you know, what, what, what exactly do you see? So then you might say, I, well, I, I, I see water, you know, as you're looking with your, with your binoculars, Uh, Lord, I see, I see water. Um, I'm a, I'm a little nervous, Lord, because I can't swim. But the, the Lord says, don't worry, I'll, I'll help you to walk on water. And then, and then the Lord says to you, well, what else do you see? He said, well, I, 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 I see mountains that I, I have to climb, uh, but I have a bad knee. I have a lot of pain in my knee, <laughs> and I'm not looking forward to this. And, and the, Lord says, the Lord says to you, uh, don't worry, uh, you will experience healing and strength in different ways. And, and then he says, okay, what else do you see? And he says, I, I see areas that are really dry. I don't know if I'm in the mood to go through that. Uh, I would like to be refreshed. Why do I see so much? I see dry areas. And, and he says, I will refresh you with living water. And I, I will lead you to green pastures. And, and then you see one other thing, you know, is he, as you're looking, uh, what else do you see, my child? And I say, oh, I see curves, a lot of curves, but I don't see what's behind those curves. And I see some hills, and I don't see what's behind those hills. And the Lord responds, and... Uh, he says, uh, walk by faith, not by sight. Have faith in my love for you, my almighty power and wisdom, and you will have perfect peace. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind stayed on the Lord, because he trusts, he trusts in the Lord. So it's a... Uh, that's Isaiah 26, verse 3. Great verse to, uh, to also memorize, uh, just to let you know. Let me turn this off before uh, somebody calls me, and then I have to tell them to leave me alone because I'm preaching. So I don't want to do that. Let's look at Judges, chapter 6. Because Gideon was struggling with some things, with his identity and the future and some present problems. Let's look at this in uh, Judges chapter 6. But facts for future challenges. There's some facts that God wants us to focus on. And uh, 
I want to give you a little background of this book of Judges. Judges is a, it's like a cycle that you see Israel go through. Um, they forget God, they get involved in idol worship, and then they experience the consequences of sin, and they experience some spankings from God, and not because God hates them, but because he loves them. Somebody say amen. He, he, God does not spank us because he, he's so disgusted with us and he wants to let out his anger. No, no, because he loves us, he's trying to get us back into the circle of safety. So in Judges, they rebel against God. They're involved in idol worship. They experience the consequences of sin. And while they're involved in the consequences, they get chained up. They're in bondage in various different ways. And then God sends a judge, God sends a prophet, God sends someone to point them back to God, to bring about deliverance. Why? Because they start crying out to God for help. But it's something that we should continue doing, not just when we get in trouble or not just when we're about to get a spanking or when we're going through discipline. It's interesting, Jonah should have cried out to God before he ended up in the belly of the whale. But that's when he started crying out. So judges, it's that cycle. They sin against God. Consequence of sin. They cry out to God. God sends a deliverer. And they're doing well. Then they sin against God again. Idol worship. And then God has to send discipline. Then they cry out to God. God sends a deliverer. And they're doing well again. Then idol worship again. This is, this is what you see going on in the book of Judges. It's a cycle. So I wanted to give you that background of what's going on in Judges. But when you go back to Abraham, let's go back a little farther back. Abraham's second wife had a son named Midian. So the Midianites come from the second wife that Abraham had. He should have stuck with his first wife. Do you notice what's going on now? Abraham... When he gets more than one wife, it causes a whole lot of problems. When, when in your family, if the husband is loving the wife the way he should and trusting God, doing things God's way and not doing things traditionally or what the culture says is okay and acceptable, we need to do things God's way. Abraham decided not to do that. And then, years later, many years afterwards, there was negligence in battle because they were supposed to wipe out the Midianites, and they decided not to do so. And then they started multiplying again, and then they fought against Israel and started taking advantage of them. This is some background of the book of Judges. Well, let's look at Judges chapter uh, 6 beginning at verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Remember, I told you about that cycle. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the of Median for seven years. And the hand of Median prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the den, the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. So they're hiding from them. They're in the stronghold. They're in bondage. There's no, there's no freedom to live the way they want to live. There's no joy. The Midianites 
were taking advantage of them. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth. So thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox or donkeys, nothing. They left nothing for them. All a consequence of them doing evil in the sight of the Lord. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, as I mentioned to you earlier. Cried unto the Lord. Let's look at this. What did we learn from what we just read? God is always doing something wonderful, even, even though something ugly might be going on in your family. Just know God is trying to get you back into the circle of safety. He's trying to bless. He will send people to encourage you. He's doing something beautiful. It just doesn't seem that way. When all of these, when all of these children were being killed, all these babies were being thrown into the Nile River, God was preserving a little baby named Moses. Amen? And the midwives who feared God says, we're not going to kill this child. And look what God did. He raised up the deliverer. But it didn't look like anything beautiful was happening. Maybe in your family you said it doesn't look like anything beautiful is going on right now. Maybe at your job, in your situation, in your personal life. Just know God is at work. These are facts that you need to remember during 2019. God is always doing something wonderful. God sees everything in verse 1. This should cause us to have reverence for God because they did evil in the sight of God. That should cause you to say, whoa. You know when you're a little kid, if mommy's not watching, oh, I can do anything I want. Mommy's not here. But when you know God sees everything, that should cause you to fear him. God sees everything. These are some facts you need to keep in mind as you go into 2019. God will discipline us because he hates us? No, because he, what? He loves us. These are some truths that come out of this passage. Playing with sin leads to bondage and defeat. And they were playing with sin for years. And then God had to keep sending a deliverer to remind them, or sending a prophet to remind them, turn back to God. If you ever go to a service and all you hear prophets doing is telling you about the, the beautiful home you will have next year, or they, they're, they're prophesying beautiful things about the future, Usually, that's not what prophets did. Usually, prophets are trying to get people to focus on God more and to repent. If a real prophet is carrying out his task, not only is he saying pleasant things, sometimes he's giving warnings about our sins, too. It's a message from God for us to improve he wants to make us better. He wants to improve us. Playing with sin leads to bondage and defeat. And, and we're going to look at that in a second. Cry out to God for help. Not only when we are living 
and consequences of sin, but also to prevent getting trapped. So verse 6, it says that they start crying out to God like, help, we're sorry, we messed up. But daily we need to be crying out to the Lord for help, even before we have to get into being disciplined. Those are some things to keep in mind. Last week we talked about the, the shepherd, the good shepherd announcement. When Jesus came, he was the good shepherd. The, the angel appeared before the shepherds. So there's correction that we'll experience or maybe we experienced in 2018. He's the same shepherd. There will be correction at times because we're not perfect. Somebody say amen. We're not perfect. So sometimes there's correction. Sometimes there's comfort and Christ's presence. So that rod, that rod in the hand of the shepherd is used to get the sheep's attention when they're going off over the cliff. Nope, 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 get. They get back in line. But it's also used to defend. It's also used to comfort, to let the sheep know, I got you. I'll take care of you. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, knowing that he will get us back in line. He will defend us with the staff. There's correction. There's comfort. There's Christ present. Judges chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. Let's look at this. And it came to pass, verse 7 of, of, of Judges chapter 6, when the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet. Look at that. He'll send people your way in 2019 to tell you what you need to hear because he loves you. Sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not, but the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But ye have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah, pertained there unto, jo unto Joash, the Abiezrite, and his son Gideon, on threshed wheat by the winepress, to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you. You notice what goes on here. Yes, there's correction, and there's comfort. The Lord is with you, the presence of Christ. It's a good combination of a loving parent, because a loving parent will not always give you everything you ask for. Sometimes a really good loving parent, this applies to us too as parents, there needs to be discipline. And he does that for us. He does that for us. Look at this. God will send messengers at times to correct and to remind you of his faithfulness. A real friend will do that. If you're trying to figure out who's my real friend, oh, it's just the person that tells me you're doing such a good job. You're doing such a good job. Oh, you're great. My best friends do both. My parents did both growing up. Great job, Pete. 
you're not doing your best. I would hear that. And my dad would say, less than your best is sin. Because he knew. He knew my abilities. And he, my dad could tell when I was being lazy. He could tell. And he would look me in the eye and say, less than your best is sin, son. And then I had a second grade teacher. She made a mistake and told my dad one day, he's not doing his best, Mr. Campbell. And I'm thinking, why, why did you say that to my dad? <laughs> Loving correction. There has to be affirmation, comfort, and then correction as well. It's very, very important. It is not comfortable to be corrected, but it makes us better. Amen? And Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 says that we should love and fear the Lord. We need to have that reverence for that rod of correction. When we're going so we say, oh, I'm going to feel that rod. <laughs> I know I'm going to feel it. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us. God sees when we are hiding and fearful. So there's Gideon, and he's hiding from the Midianites, and God saw him and says, oh, there's no reason for him to be afraid. I need to go send him a message of encouragement to comfort him. Stop hiding from these Midianites. These demonic distractions, these demonic oppressors. God sees when we are hiding and fearful and wants to give us his promises of his presence and he also wants to give us a name replacement. What does that mean? A name replacement. Some of us say about ourselves, I'm just so shy, I can't do it. God wants to give a name replacement. Stop calling yourself that. I'm so weak, I'm not strong like her. He wants to give a name replacement. Stop calling yourself weak. I'm so fearful. I've always been that way. Stop calling yourself fearful. Amen? I feel so guilty because of all I've done. And Stop calling yourself guilty. Understand what happened at the cross regarding your sins. God, I feel hopeless. There's no hope for me. There's hope for my brother. There's no hope. Stop calling yourself hopeless. When God says to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, that's totally opposite of what he was thinking, what he was feeling, but we can't go by feeling, amen? We have to go by what God's word says. Your feelings will make you feel like your marriage is hopeless, your money situation is hopeless, this is hopeless, my health is hopeless. I was telling them in, in um, Burning Bush class earlier. My wife and I, the, the, the messages that the doctors were giving us about not being able to have children before Daniel was born, for several years, five years, not able to have children. I've heard of couples who waited 10, 15 years. But God was trying to tell us it is not hopeless, amen? Sometimes he will use a situation as an opportunity to speak truth to us, but we have to keep our ears open for the Lord's voice. Very important to keep our ears open to his voice. Believe and be not afraid. That passage in Matthew 14 is a 
it's an interesting passage because it's when Peter was walking on water, but then he saw the waves and he started sinking. That happens to you sometimes. You're doing well, you're doing real good, but then this unexpected big wave, this is like a tsunami, wow! But you're doing real well before you see that. But he wants us to believe in his power, amen? So that's an interesting passage there of how Peter had to learn, keep your eyes on Jesus, Peter. Don't look at the waves around you. 2019, believe and be not afraid. Judges 6, 13 to 23. Interesting passage here. And Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, you're saying the Lord is with me, mighty warrior. If he's with us, why then is all this happening to us? And where are all these miracles which our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? And so he's, he's kind of like, yeah, I've heard all these stories, but I'm going through some problems. But now the Lord has forsaken us. Listen to, this is, this is Gideon believing lies instead of the truth. God has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? I'm the one that's sending you. You're going in my authority. He's trying to tell him the truth. Verse 15, and he said unto him, oh my Lord, where shall, how in the world can I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. If you're looking at how much you have, like the Lord tells me to be a missionary back when, when, when telling, told me and my wife, we had all of this financial debt. We're like, Lord, I don't, how are you going to ask us to go? And the mission board is requiring us to get rid of all this debt. But it was the Lord that was sending us. I want you to go in my name. I'll take care of the debt. I'll help you to walk on water. Don't worry. See, I was focusing on my ability. So Moses, same thing. I can't talk, Lord. There's so many, all these examples in the scripture. But look. The Lord said, I will be with you. Verse 16. You will smite. Look what he says in verse 16. Watch this now. He says, you're going to knock down these Midianites as if they were one man. It's, it's, it's millions of them, but it's going to be like one man. <laughs> That's how much power God has. Okay, so you have this big tsunami coming at you, all these problems. God looks at that big tsunami as one drop of water. Our problems are bigger than us, but God is bigger than our problems. Amen. It's the truth. So it's all a matter of perspective. He's trying to help him understand, I'm going to knock him down like it's one man. Verse 17, and he said unto him, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign. I need you to strengthen my faith now. Show me a sign. I, I need that. And God is patient with us. It's okay to say, Lord, I need confirmation. I don't, I don't quite get this. He's very patient. He's very patient, very patient, very patient. But if he's proven himself over and over and over again, there does come a time where you need to be a little ashamed of your unbelief. <laughs> and you need to say, Lord, forgive me for my unbelief. But it is also, it's okay to say, help me in my unbelief. It's okay. It's okay. He 
he's very patient. Verse 17, and he said unto him, look, he says, give me a sign. Verse 18, depart hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until you come again. And Gideon went in, and made ready a kid, and he made these cakes, and he, he goes and prepares it for this angel that looks like a man who can eat. Very interesting. Verse 20, and the angel said unto him, take the flesh and the unleavened cakes, lay them upon the rock, pour out the broth, and he did what he said. Verse 21, and the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh, touched the meat that was there, and the unleavened cakes, and there rose up fire out of the rock. He said, okay, Lord, you got my attention. And consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. When Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, oh no, oh Lord God, for because I've seen an angel of the Lord face to face. What was he thinking? I'm going to, I'm going to die. And the Lord said unto him, peace be unto you. Hallelujah. Doesn't that sound familiar? Jesus appears to the disciples after he's risen from the dead. His scars still showing him. He says, peace be unto you. He says that to you also about 2019. Amen? Peace be unto you. Anything you're afraid of, death, sickness, problems, whatever, he says, peace, peace be unto you. You're not going to die. That's what he told me. Peace be unto you. When God reveals his truth, don't doubt. Ask him to help you with your unbelief. If you're struggling with doubts, just say, Lord, I, I just need, I need some confirmation here. Confirm it. And he will. He will. I was wondering about coming here. I was like, okay, because I was pastoring another place last year. And I, and I was like, okay, Lord, what, what is it? And while I'm in prayer meeting, another brother and sister came to me and said, is God telling you to move, move on? It was confirmation. It's exactly what I needed. I needed confirmation because there were some doubts. God understands that. And he'll give confirmation. He says, peace be unto you. He says, Lord, look, help me, help me. Help me. I want to strengthen my faith. He will help you. He will. He did that for Gideon. He'll do it for you. Humbly face facts about possible sin that has caused your problems. Now, it's interesting that Gideon should have known that the problems that Israel was experiencing, the problems that Israel was experiencing was because of Israel's sins. Gideon's attitude was, well, well if God loves us, if, if, if God really cares about it, why is all this happening? Gideon, you know why it's happening. You need to take an honest look at the situation, Gideon. Why are you going through this? Because look at this. What has caused the problems that you're having? Though, although, look at this, all trouble is not because of sin. I've preached that many, many times. Sometimes it's a Job problem. It's not because of Job's sins that he had problems. But sometimes you're in the belly of a whale because of disobedience. That's what Israel was experiencing. So we need to humbly come before the Lord and say, am I having problems in my marriage because I'm so selfish? Am I having problems with my kids because I'm a horrible example, Lord? Lord, 
Lord, show me. What is it, Lord? Show me what it is. Humbly come before him. Am I having problems with my finances because I don't put you first? He'll show you. Maybe he's been trying to show you in 2018. Gideon was not getting it. As far as why they were in that problem. And you see that in verse 13. Focus on God's mercy and his might when you're in doubt about his plan. Focus on his mercy. Focus on his incredible power. God's perspective of your big problem, it could very well be a small problem because that's when he says, you're going to knock them down like it's one man. So when you have a big problem, just think of how God looks at it and say, okay, Lord, I can sleep. That's a little problem for you. But do you say why it has to be a mental discipline? Adriana, it's like a doctor who's doing surgery. They really have to focus on what's in front. There's a focus that a doctor, that a surgeon has to have. And in our spiritual life, sometimes we're not focused. We get all flustered. I don't want no doctor doing surgery on me whose hands are like, I don't know what to do. Dear God, no, I need somebody, I need that lady or that man who's operating on me to be focused, amen? What God wants us to focus on him during our trials, during the pressures of life. And you can pray, Lord, help me to stay focused on your power, focused on you. The devil wants to distract us. God wants to remove fear when you have encounters with him, he says, fear not. Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Okay. This is our last slide. I want to just go over this one. Okay. Offering your body to God daily is important for blessings and knowing God's will. But it's interesting what happens in verses uh, 23 to 30. Look at this. Verse 23 to 30, and the Lord said to him, peace be unto you. Remember, he says that, fear not, you're not going to die. But then verse 24, then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Hallelujah. Some of you may not know where this even came from, Jehovah Shalom. Gideon built this altar. God, my peace. The Lord is my peace. Unto this day, it is yet an offer of the Abelzerites. The, the, right there, it's, it's still there, verse 25. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of the seven, year, uh, seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal. Tear down the altar of Baal that thy father has, and cut down the grove that is by it. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of the rock in the, in the ordered place. And I, I want you to pause. Uh, listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. In 2019, there are some things that need to stop in our families. There's some idol worship in our families that God is saying, I want it to stop in Jesus' name. But it's going to take boldness. And the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Don't worry. He's going to help you. 
look at verse the, the other part of verse 26, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice, and our sacrifices are, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord, with the wood in the grove which thou shalt cut down, verse 27, then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had told him to do, and so it was because he feared his father's household. He was afraid of his relatives. He was afraid of his brothers and sisters. What are they going to do if I stop this idol worship? They'll be mad at me. And the men of that city, he was also afraid of them, that he could not do it by daytime. He had to do it at nighttime. He was afraid. He's saying, Lord, they're going to kill me, but I'll still do it at nighttime. <laughs> so he did it. Verse 28, and when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said unto one another, who has done this thing? And when they inquired and they asked, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son, that he may die because he has cast down the altar of Baal and because he has cut it down the grove that was by it. Okay, now listen to this. God is going to tell you to do some things in 2019 and some of your family members are going to be mad. I'm just letting you know ahead of time. Some of them will start off mad and then they'll become a Christian. I'm just letting you know. Because they don't understand. The natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. So he will tell you to do certain things, say certain things in love, tell the truth in love, and you will be hated. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. But you will have joy. You will have the presence of God. You will never lose when you're doing things his way. Because those who fear God instead of man, the scripture says they will not lack any good thing. Nothing will be lacking. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want you to have everything you need. But the devil will say, no, no, don't, don't do that because angry with you. Are you willing to obey as Gideon did? God will confirm his will through prayer as you pray. His word his people and circumstances, as well as dreams and visions. You might have a dream that you say, oh my goodness, that's exactly what the Bible says. But you have to have discernment. You must have discernment because sometimes the devil will give you a dream and it's not consistent with what the Bible says. Or a brother or sister in Christ might say, I had a dream about you. Can I share it with you? What you doing dreaming about me? <laughs> But the Bible says in the last days, people will have dreams and visions. If it's consistent with the Bible, if it doesn't contradict the Bible, pay attention to it. Amen? God will use it to confirm some things you're supposed to do so that you can shine in the darkness. God has given you an assignment. There's a reason why you were born. And he wants to do something mighty with you. God wants to assure us of his help to accomplish the task. He wants to assure us of his help. 
So he says, I, I need, first he says, I need to know that you're speaking to me. And then he says, I need to know that your hand is going to be with me to do this. So he's depending on God for confirmation. That's a good thing. It's good. I used to read this thinking, man, he didn't have any faith. No, he knew who to go to to strengthen his faith. Amen? He says, I need confirmation, Lord. I need, show me, is this really what you would have me to do in my family? In 2019, you really want me to do this? Hallelujah. I want to repeat what he said. I am with you, mighty warrior. You're not in your own. You're not like, Lord, I want to do this for you. I'll be back and tell you how it goes. Oh, he says, I am with you. Amen. To help you do what he's asking you to do. Don't focus on the amount of people who are going to be on your side. Because, okay, don't, let's look at uh, chapter 7, verse 7. We're about to close, but look at this. Chapter 7, verse 7. Look what happens here. The Lord said to Gideon, by 300 men, the ones who lapped the water, I will save you from the, from the Midianites. With 300 men. You know how many men they started off with? About 30,000. Or more. He says, now, I just want to use 300. There's, I'm going to use an amount of people. I'm going to use your small bank account. I'm going to use your little amount of talent that you think you have. I'm going to use your little shy personality. I'm going to use something small so that when something mighty happens, you will give me the praise. That's what he's saying. Just 300? There's all, all these enemies? What are you, what are you doing? I don't want, like the Bible says God shares his glory with no one. God wanted to get the glory. How many disciples did he have? How many disciples did Jesus have? And God turned the world upside down with those 12. And then he spent even more focused time with Peter, James, and John. Just a few. Just a few. Because he didn't want people to think, oh yeah, he had so many followers. That's why they made an impact on the world. No, 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 no. I'm going to use a few because it's my mighty hand that's going to do this work. Just a few. Beware of bad decisions that can cause others to sin. I'm sorry I have to end on a bad note, but it's a warning note. God used Gideon in a mighty way. Something sad happened. The last few things we hear about Gideon. I always, I never knew this until I was reading through the scriptures. Look with me in chapter 8 as we close. Look at chapter 8. Beginning at verse 22, we're going to read to verse 27. This is a warning for us in 2019. And the men of Israel said to Gideon, after they dominated, after they defeated the Midianites. They said to Gideon, Rule thou over us. Be thou and thy son and thy son's son also. For you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. You are our hero. We want you to be the king. So, how does he respond? And Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you. That sounds very humble, right? He starts off good. And you might start off in 2019, on the right foot. That's why you have to pray daily. That's why you need to get into the habit of praying because one minute you could be doing mighty things for God and the next minute your marriage gets messed up because of a bad decision. 
you're leading your children in the right way. You're saying, follow me as I follow Christ. But then there's some idol worship that begins, and it has a bad effect on your children. It can happen to us. That's why Jesus told Peter, pray that you don't fall into temptation, Peter. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. He says, I'm not going to rule over you. Neither shall my son rule over you. Don't get my kids involved in this. Sounds pretty good, Gideon. The Lord shall rule over you. Whoa, he's sounding really spiritual now. But then watch what happens. And Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you that you would give me every man earrings. Look at that. And they, and they had gold earrings because they were Ishmaelites. Wow. That goes back to a bad decision that Abraham made with Hagar. So now, now you see how it affects the generations if you make any bad decision. Watch this. Look at verse 25. We're reading down to verse 27. Verse 25. And they answered, we will willingly give them. And they spread a garment and they threw all of these earrings down. Verse 26. And the weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold. Do you know how many pounds that is? I don't know either. But let me... Let me keep reading. Beside, beside ornaments and collars and purple raiment that was on the kings, uh, on the kings of Median, and beside the chains that were about their camels' necks. My goodness. Verse 27. And Gideon made an ephod, like a breastplate of some sort, and put it in his city in Ophrah. And all Israel went there, whoring after it, doing immorality because of this idol. It became a snare unto Gideon and to his house. They got involved in idol worship because of a bad decision. But one minute he's saying a good thing. No, I'm not going to rule over you. They said, well, give me your earrings, though. Let's do this. Kind of sounds like Aaron, doesn't it? It's like one minute he's doing great. He's with Moses doing the right thing. And then it's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. What, what in the world are you doing? Aaron, what are you doing? Gideon, what are you doing? Didn't you know that these people already had a bad habit? With idol worship? Why would you put them in a predicament like that? And then you brought consequences to your own family, Gideon. Oh, it's easy to scream at them. But we're guilty too, if we're not careful. These are facts that God wants to focus on for the future. The fact about how great God is. No matter what tsunami is coming your way, no matter what enemies are coming at you, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But let these last few verses scare you to get on your knees and say, Jesus, keep me from falling. One minute, you can, people can be applauding you saying, such a nice young man. Look what happened to David. He's walking on his rooftop and there's this woman, Bathsheba, you know the rest of the story. There's other examples in scripture, even Jehoshaphat. Great things. Look at how his time ended. Bad decisions. And look at Gideon. 
there's hope. Walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Depend on him daily. As 2019 comes closer and closer. Let's stand together at this time. Let's stand. Hold somebody's hand. This is such a serious time. Somebody's already tempted to make a bad decision. Somebody here is afraid that if they do it God's way, they won't have any fun. Somebody is afraid that if they do it God's way, they won't have as much money. Somebody's afraid that their wife will be mad at them if they do things God's way. Somebody's afraid that their husband will be mad at them. Their children will be upset. Some parents are sad because they weren't able to buy something for their children because other family members brought something very, very expensive for their children. Now there's jealousy right after Christmas. Some are saying, how did you know that? I know, I know how it is. We fear man instead of fearing God. And God is saying to you, I am with you, mighty warrior. There's idols that need to be torn down in your family. You need to apologize to your children for what happened in 2018, possibly. You need to pray together. You need to set goals in your marriage. Something, something has to change. You have to put off and put on. I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to start doing this in my marriage. And your parenting, education for your children, your money. Put off and put on. What is it you need to put off? What is it that you need to stop doing? What is God saying? I want you to put this on. I want you to start doing this. I am with you, mighty warrior. There's bondage. The Midianites are attacking you. There's confusion. There's fear. Gideon was blaming God. Why is God doing this to us? Gideon forgot to ask the question, is there sin in the camp? something to you all. There's times when I'm preaching like this and the devil says, how are you going to grow a church preaching this way? People don't want to hear stuff about repenting and I hear the Lord saying, I am with you, mighty warrior. Preach my word. I love my people. I want them to return to me. Some will, some won't. What is God telling you to do? Some of you are experiencing persecution already for your obedience. Some people think you're crazy for doing some of the things you're doing and you're tired of the persecution. It would just be nice to just be accepted. But Jesus says, let your light so shine before men so they'll see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
You are unique. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are holy because I am holy. You don't speak the same way because you're holy. Hallelujah. You don't act the same way. You don't go to the same movies because you're holy. You don't talk to young ladies the same way they do because you're holy. You're my child. You don't flirt with the men because you're holy. You don't use your money in selfish ways because you're holy. Be holy because I am holy. But Lord, I feel lonely sometimes being holy. The Lord is with you, mighty one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. With you, young lady, older lady, young man, older man, little child. Pray for the person next to you. Pray for them. They're going to go through times where the devil will say, You're all alone. Pray that they'll hear God's voice saying, I am with you, mighty warrior. send you refreshment. I'll lead you to green pastures. I'll lead you to still water so you can drink. Sometimes your wife will not understand you. Sometimes your, your husband will not understand you. Love them anyway. Don't try to find fulfillment in your marriage. Jesus is the perfect husband. Say amen. He's the perfect husband. Stop depending on people for perfect love and acceptance. Let Jesus fill your cup and go out and serve others. Let him fill your cup this year. Let him fill your cup to overflowing. And when he sets a table before you in the presence of your enemies, serve your enemies. Pray for them. Do kind things to them. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God bless you.